0: Welcome to the Youth Voice, a podcast giving young people a voice in politics across the island of Ireland. So today we're joined by Labour TD Duncan Smith. So welcome to the show. Thanks, Dermot. Thanks very much for having me. So I suppose we'll get straight in. One of the big questions that a lot of people are asking, especially with the rise of the Social Democrats, is what separates Labour from other, you know, centre-left, left left parties that, you know, what does Labour have that the other parties don't?
1: Yeah, I, I'm. I can understand why you asked the question, but I always um, uh, I like to focus on what makes Labour different from the established parties and from the parties in the nationalist tradition, uh, and what makes us different from Fall and Finnegale and indeed even Sinn Fein. Um, look, we have uh, Labour. We've been around for 109 years, and uh, we've no right to exist any any longer than than we deserve to and, and work hard for. Uh, but we've other uh, we've now social democrats uh, who would operate a similar ideological space to us and uh, then we'd have other i think like minded independents we'd have elements of the green party and elements of the sdlp and all the rest where we we'd share an awful lot of similarities but look i joined the labor party in 2008 we've always been a a labor supporting family from a traditional working class background in dublin so you know for for me I've always viewed what Labour has been ma- managed to achieve over the course of its history, and uh, I, I recognised the impact it had on on my life, particularly access to education and open up pathways which didn't exist, you know, in my parents' generation. So I'm um, like our, our roots uh, uh, in 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 the country throughout the country run deep, uh, and we have a good strong tradition. Um, But also the way politics is moving and evolving in uh, in Ireland and indeed throughout Europe is that, you know, all the old big totemistic parties that have existed, uh, their dominance has been challenged. And we're we're looking at multi-party systems, multi-party governments, and people needing to work together and breaking down traditional boundaries, be they, you know, sectarian, political, personal, whatever those boundaries may be. And I think political parties and politicians are... Have been slower to catch up with this uh, trend. Uh, the voters are, are are further ahead of us. So uh, I, I hope that we will continue to uh, that we will begin to regrow. I think there's an awful lot of energy within the Labour Party now after our time in government and the couple of years after where we had a difficult we had a difficult time. We have a a younger, uh, very energetic parliamentary party. We have uh, fifty councillors, uh, an awful lot of young first councillors who only got elected in 2019. And, you know, we have a solid platform to reconnect with our traditional voters. but you know, it isn't about getting back to the old two and a half party system of Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael and Labour. It's about, uh, you know, having a a strong voice, a voice that's speaking to people, to working people now and working with politicians and groups and parties of a similar mind uh, and uh, uh, holding to account and fighting against those to whom we oppose so I don't think it should be a zero-sum game with other like-minded politicians and parties I think we should be looking to work together against a common enemy instead of fighting over what the traditional 10% you know uh, we we, all, we need to be looking at getting
0: 51% of the vote uh,
1: and, and, and having a, at some point in my life a, a left leg government which is what I'd like to see
0: Absolutely. And I suppose actually coming on from that left government, I know in the last election, Sinn Féin had kind of been ruled out by your party. But is that the same? I know that we don't really know when the next election will come, but some people are saying it could be within a year. Some people will say the government will see out its term. But is that still the policy or is Sinn Féin back on the table?
1: No, the, the, uh, that actually wasn't the, the uh, official policy either at the time. It was kind of, uh, I, I think, a bit mis- misconstrued. But uh, no, look, as I said, I think there's a recognition within our party that p- traditional politics has changed and, and broken down. And we really need to listen to what the people want. And the pe- we, we know after an election what mandate the people Give the various parties and groups. They didn't give us a mandate last year. We actually lost a seat. We went from seven to six. Uh, so we weren't in a position to be ruling anyone in or out after the election. And we want to be in a position after the next election to have been given a greater mandate and to win a, a, a lot more seats. Um, and you know, we need to see who else the people want. And you know, we can't continue to if Sinn Fein continue on the levels of support that they're getting. Can't continue to turn that away. That just can't be done. And you know, there are areas of policy that Sinn Féin have that we share, and uh, you know, particularly uh, along uh, areas of workers' rights and trade unionism and that. You know, so you know, we we need to we need to look at everything. That's that's not to say I I, I still don't accept a narrative that's been put out there uh, that Sinn Féin are a leader of the opposition or a leader of the left or anything like that. Um you know, I, I'd have my own personal opinions on that, but. For me, I think my role and the role of the Labour Party in opposition is to hold the government to account and to focus our uh, critiques, and our opposition, and our work on that, because they're the ones impaired, they're the decision makers. Um, and look, we'll, we'll see what uh, what happens after the next election, whenever that may be. Um, hopefully Labour will be in a strong position and we'll, 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 we'll be a party that the people want to give an endorsement to. Um, and we will need to work with whoever else uh, that uh, we, we can um, build a strong government on that's going to progress our policies. So, I mean, that's the way, as I say, that's the way politics is moving, um, and, and, and I think, throughout Europe, and it's something that we need to adapt to.
0: Absolutely. And I suppose another thing I want to look at now, whenever I've noticed, at least online and things like that, whenever it comes to someone, you know, they'll endorse Labour or they'll back Labour, say, you know, they support them, a lot of the time, 2011 is thrown up. And it is, it's still there is that kind of shadow of 2011. But has Labour managed to kind of I suppose I, I suppose grow from that? Has the party changed?
1: Oh we we like we've 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 definitely changed. I mean it was it, it's 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 hard to get across in, in 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 an interview uh just the impact of that time in government has had on us. Uh you know, I mean we we were part of a government, there was like three parties to the government. There was us, there was Finnegale, and there was the Troika, you know, who uh, for the first uh, three and a half years were calling the shots. Now we eventually got rid of them and towards last year we able to start, I think shifting things back. But by then the die had been cast, an awful lot of pain had been inflicted. And, you know, when, when you go into a government and uh, the choices are between a bucket of pain or two buckets of pain, you know, uh, you might you might only deliver a bucket of pain but it's still painful and people still remember that and you can't go and say it would have been worse if we hadn't have been there because it was so bad when we were but we've like we've had like a fundamental change within within the party within how we organize ourselves uh, we've had massive debates about, policy and traditionally held policies and everything's been back on the table because i think our time in government kind of was a culmination of uh maybe 30 years of how the party was evolving in terms of how it operated and um you know like uh, we would have been influenced by uh have uk labor party had evolved in the late 80s and early 90s as well so there's an awful lot of stuff going on there and you know you'd be crazy to think that a party that would have Gone through something as traumatic that wouldn't have changed dramatically, and I feel we, ha- we have. Now that said, the shadow is still there, and it's still difficult for us um, to separate ourselves from that because there are other parties that are, you know, in in the opposition at the moment who haven't been through government and have been, you know, had their feet tested in the fires of government. Uh, but look, that's 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 just the way thi- that's just the way things that's just the way things are. But you know, there's a there's an energy in the party now that I haven't seen since 2009, 2010 before we went into government, you know, and you just have to look at the campaigns we're running and um, the confidence which we're pursuing those campaigns. And uh, like, it's, it's a world away from the last four or five years where we really were, I think our heads were down and I think we were struggling to come to terms with our time in government. And, you know, there was some bad thing, there was bad things in government, but we also did, some things that we were very proud of and, you know, that we we, we should be proud of. I mean, one thing growing up uh, that was always a problem um, was the cost of uh, GP care, for example. There's something that was always, always came up was like, you know, like it should be free at the point of use. And we ultimately started that process, brought it in free GP care for under sixes. And the amount of families that that assisted, you know, save them 50, 55 euro pop, or, you know, not bringing their kids to gp because they couldn't afford it you know being able to bring in stuff like that it was obviously on the rights agenda uh you know uh, marriage equality and stuff like that which are, which are very important and sometimes that can get put pigeonholed as you know a socially liberal issue and therefore unimportant that it's not you know the the nuts and bolts of of, of politics it very much is i think it's a right these are rights-based issues you know these are people's lives and how they're able to live their lives and um, so there's an awful lot of important work done which we also can't cast aside but we you know i, I think the party has changed and i think I think the response we're getting to our campaigns now, and even like kind of back of the envelope calculations, like the people turning up to meetings and webinars and how they are uh, in conversation with you, listening to you, responding to you, is very different than it was two, three years ago. You know, I feel people are listening again and and are at least willing to give us a chance. And I think that's a good place for us to be.
0: Absolutely. And I want to actually draw on, you know, the idea of a lot of the campaigns that your parties run i know labour youth are pushing for you know the the born here belong here campaign and i actually Mm -hmm. wanted to ask about that so what is i know we haven't really talked to labour youth very much yet and hopefully that'll change sometime but what is i suppose happening there you know are we going to see birthright citizenship back is it possible And kind of what's happening there
1: yeah uh, like we we were given when we announced this uh like this all goes back to the um, the referendum of the early two thousands, which was a pretty nasty one, and uh, there was an awful lot of fear stoked up by people like Senator now Senator Michael McDougal and the Progressive Democrats, like horrible language regarding you know influx, open the gates. Really, I wouldn't even say the racism was cloaked in terms of the the debate at the time, uh, and you know it was at a time in our economic cycle where the country was doing well economically, and uh, we were attracting people into the country to work and to live, and that was a good thing. But it was it was packaged as a bad thing at the time, and I think it caught a moment, uh, which was unfortunate, and this got enshrined. Now I think Ireland has moved on hugely in that in, in in that uh, in, in that time period. And we had a young activist called Cormac O'Brien, who tragically passed away in December 2019, and he was Chair of Labour Youth, and he was, uh, this was his cause, you know, he said, this is this is unfair, you know, this is not right, and this is something we need to rectify. So, from the embers of the tragedy of his passing, um, we, we decided to get to work on this legislatively, and Ivana Bacic has introduced this in the Shannon and the early indications were that the government were going to take this up and that we could see something done. Now, what I'm hearing now is that they're kind of rolling back on that a bit and, you know, might kick it to a committee and, you know, we have to see, etc, etc. So I don't know, Dermot, in terms of the exact answer where it's at, but we initially got a positive response from this, that this was something we may be able to progress from opposition because like recently we, uh, we, we we managed to get um, uh, our online harassment bill through uh, which uh, you know uh, uh, made a criminal offence to share uh, you know images and revenge porn and that kind of thing so we have a record of being able to get stuff through from opposition and we we're hoping we'd be able to follow that road with this and that uh, Helen McIntyre would be was it was, was a positive sounding board for this so uh, it's 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 a slightly up in the air now but we'll, we'll hopefully will We'll get some more clarity over the next next few weeks to see where it's going to go but we're still confident that it's something we can we can campaign successfully towards and we think it again it's it's a rights-based issue and it's it's the it's the right thing to do. There's a whole piece as well that needs to be done in terms of how we deal with citizenship just from a process point of view, just like people having no timelines, just having applications for naturalization, for citizenship, for rights to, for permission to reside. Just going on for years. Uh, at some points, we, we, and the response they'll get is, you know, it's at the minister's discretion. We're looking at there's, uh, uh, people are living whole lives in limbo, and you know, we don't, we don't feel, we don't feel that that's that's right or that's sustainable or, or that should be reflective of a of, of a modern caring democracy which we
0: purport to be. Uh, well, one uh, one final thing I wanted to ask about was, I suppose. The kind of the whole idea of a border poll is up in the air now. Everyone's mm. talking about it. it. Seems to be as a result of Brexit and the kind of whole fallout of that. So I suppose what is the Labour Party policy? Because I know Labour haven't been, you know, Labour ha- aren't haven't been the most vocal on it. So what it, what's happening there? I know it's what what's actually happening in the Labour Party. What's the position and what should happen?
1: Yeah, like again, this is something that we are, uh, like myself, Jed Nash, Brendan Howland, for example, are are having strong discussions about this um, because traditionally we would have played a big role in this through the eighties and nineties. Uh, Dick Spring would have been foreign minister twice in those periods, and uh, you know played played a key role in the peace process as that, but we we haven't been speaking about this enough over the last couple of years um i mean i want to see united ireland um i i don't know what that's going to look like though to be honest uh, and i i don't have uh the the road map to that or uh, i was very interested with the claire Byrne live show there a couple of weeks ago Um. I, uh, by no means do I think it captured anywhere near the overall complexity of of it, but I think at least it was speaking to it in somewhat mature fashion. And uh, I think we need to see a lot more uh, of that. There's been, there's some good academic work now coming out of Dublin City University in relation to, to this in terms of like, again, Traditionally, the view of United Ireland was, you know, which flag would be raised over the six counties, you know, and, you know, to 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 replace the Union Jack with the tricolour, uh, bluntly. I mean, I think, you know, any reasonable person understands that that's something that's <laughs> that's not the easy roadmap. I mean, there's, and what we've seen over the last uh, ten days or so as well, in terms of how fragile things can be from a civil peace point of view, uh, like. There's an awful lot of work to do, and I think we need a bit of a catch-up in the Labour Party to have our voice re-heard on that. And that's something that, again, and just as he just actually like walked past, the waved in the office. Jed Nash uh, is, is something that uh, we, we are we are keen to do. For me personally, um, like growing up uh, in in the in the south, uh, as a 16-year-old, I was involved as a teenager with the Glen Cree Centre for Peace and Reconciliation. I've reconnected with them recently in the last few months. I was, I took part in the Tim Parry Scholarship for Peace in 1999 um, uh, with young people from the UK and from Northern Ireland, from both, from both communities. And, um, you know, it was something that, you know, I felt very strong about and looked and, and very much shaped my early politics. Um, and I probably moved away from that in terms of shaping my politics over the last 10, 15 years um but but now i think this is going to be a dominant narrative of of uh, of our island now for the next for the next decade i think i think the question of a border poll isn't going to go away but there's so many other questions i mean you know how, how do we how do we tackle poverty in in all 32 counties and, and all types of poverty i mean uh what, what system do we want you know even really like kind of mundane questions about what type of rate system and local tax system and water charge system and health system do we want you know and have and because these are the real questions that people are going to have to make decisions on and you know from what I understand again I've even said it in my earlier answer is I'm on the Tim Perry scholarship I met with young people from both communities but it's it's not just to communities, there's many communities, you know, in in Northern Ireland as well now. So it's 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 the whole. There's a huge piece of work, and we need to um, insert ourselves in it because I think we have something to say. And I think uh, I, I think when it comes to uh, giving voice to workers, giving voice to people who who are in poverty boats on all on all uh, in all counties, I think that's somewhere where the Labour Party can play can play a key role.
0: Absolutely, and I think we're going to wrap up there. So first of all, thanks for coming on. No problem. And to everyone listening, thanks for listening. Uh, you can Obviously, you can get in contact with us at Youth Voice NI on Twitter and at Youth Voice underscore NI on Instagram. You can read our blog, www.youthvoiceni.com. So as always, thank you for listening, and we'll see you all next time.